Hey everybody, welcome back to another movie podcast, First Run Movies. Uh, we got another special guest, uh, Mind Dragons, back in studio. We're going to have a father-son, best of Star Wars, worst of Star Wars kind of podcast because on our holiday break, we saw Rogue One, the new Star Wars, and we saw the Star Wars holiday special. Mind Dragon, you want to say hello to everybody? Hi. Uh, did you have a good Christmas? Uh, yeah, I got all my loot what, that I wanted. You got all your loot that you wanted? Uh, so let's talk, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Rogue One? Because I did a podcast with our buddy Jim, and I said that I thought it was the second best Star Wars ever behind Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think Rogue One was the best Star Wars movie I've seen. What was, so how do you rank the Star Wars I think Clone Wars, all of the series of that would go last, because I've never seen that. Okay. And then I think in, mm, A New Hope would go third, third, and Empire Strikes Back would go second, and uh-huh. then Star Wars Rogue One would go first. Now, I didn't... What about The Force Awakens, the one we saw last year, with BB-8 um, and everybody? That's probably fourth. Like Fourth, right. really? Okay. Yeah, I just didn't see the connection of that. With Star Wars, I mean, it was really cool, but there's... I didn't see the connection. So what did you like about Rogue One? K2SO. K2SO is the best? Yeah. What did you like about him? He's just so funny. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to lose a a movie character that you like right at the end of the movie. The thing that was unusual about this one was that all the main heroes of the story died at the end. Yeah. What did you think about that? Um... What I just I now, let me ask you this: At what point in the movie we're like, "Oh man, everybody's screwed. No one's making it out." Probably the part when they the Adak walkers come in. Oh yeah, you thought they were bone then? Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I saw this giant foot, and I was like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. game over." But see, they survived all that. Yeah, that's what confused me, because uh-huh. they survived all that, and then they got killed by troopers that came out. Like, those Adat walkers seemed like they did nothing to those guys. Right. Well, I mean, that's the cool thing, is they had uh, the X-Wings, and the Adat walkers are pretty strong, but... Uh, they have certain weak spots. X- X-Wings are designed to take down Star Destroyers and stuff, so they can't hold a candle to those. Yeah. What did you think... Um, would you find it sad when K K two got killed or? Mm, yeah. What was your favorite K two moment? Probably when he said, "Do you know how much the chances of her using that gun on you? Very high." <laughs> yeah, they're high, very high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so what else do we want to talk about? That um, what you did? The, the only thing I guess on the second time I watched it, the rebel guy, I you can't even remember his name, which is a problem. Like Jin Orso, I know her. I thought she was pretty cool, but that the rebel guy, I just made no impression on me. Like I didn't understand. He was kind of like he did a lot of bad things for the rebellion. Yeah, and... he was kind of like a he was kind of like a blur in my mind too. Cause yeah, I, I I can barely remember him, but yeah. it seemed like the she started out as the Empire, right? But then she kind of like saves the day with putting the satellite in alignment. But I thought kind of the guy. The other guy did jack squat for the uh, Empire because it, 
for the rebels because it was just like he was aiming at her father that did nothing wrong, that had the plans. And, and he didn't shoot. So it's like, you know, yeah. he, he the, his his biggest contribution is not doing something. <laughs> I know. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, I could have pulled the trigger, but I didn't, even though my boss said so. I mean, the only thing that would have been different in that movie if he wasn't around, is Krennic would have probably killed Jyn Orso. Because he mm-hmm. did save the day at the end. Uh, or yeah. he he helped save the day, I should say. Yeah. So, But he's like, most of the film you think about is it, like, okay, what if he wasn't there with uh, uh, whoever Forrest Whitaker was, the guy that was inhaling all that gas? Like, she would have gotten out just the same, and she would have gotten out with uh, Chirrut, the blind guy, and his machine gun friend. Like, at no point was he, like, super critical to the plot. Yeah, Sharut, I fought all this, the forces with me, and I am one with the force. Mm-hmm. I thought that was all crap. Like, <laughs> Why? Because I didn't think he was a member of the force, but in that city where he uh-huh. just cleared out those Doom Troopers. Doom Troopers? Those, see, my brain gets... You're like, your father's son. That's I'm, that's I'm, all there is to it. Yeah, I'm dyslexia. But <laughs> anyway, um, when he wiped up those stormtroopers and those that hover tank like a boss, mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, yeah, you are one with the Force, and the Force is with you. See, I thought, what did you think when someone had to pull that switch that was in the middle of the combat zone, and he's been talking about Jedi stuff? I thought, sure, he was going to reach out with the Force and pull that switch. Instead, he just got up and walked over there but he pulled did- a C-3PO. But you know why he didn't get shot, right? He what? was using the force that the bullets didn't hit him. Uh, he could have been hit, but he was using... I, I think the thing was he was using the force to make the well, bullets... Well, Stormtroopers are terrible shots, too. Yeah, like... Also, uh... The biggest shot in history was hitting uh, Leia's thumbnail. Thumbnail. Did you think that... I thought it was funny the second time watching it. In the end, when Grand Moff... Or I guess Governor Tarkin... Uh, targets the city, the Imperial military city. And it city. goes like 10 miles It past. misses it literally by 10, 20 miles, and I'm like, do the Death Star gunners go to the same school as Stormtroopers? Because, why? I mean, the only reason that... The only reason I can think of that they did it that way is so that you would have a moment of Jin and What's-His-Butt on the beach saying goodbye to each other, because if he had targeted the city, it would have just gotten vaporized, like, instantly. Yeah. So I thought it was weird that it just shot off in the horizon. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Like, maybe they were trying to kill the rebels, but they could have just shut down the whole operation by just targeting right. the city. But instead, they're like, I think we'll kill the two heroes and then just let the whole empire be destroyed. Like, yeah. you know. What'd you think of the computer generated Princess Leia at the end? Did you thought she looked pretty real? Yeah, but the really the re- the thing that actually was really cool at the end of the movie uh, was it went to the first Star Wars. Yeah, like it so, literally starts like you could play this right before Star Wars, and it would just be like five minutes later. You yeah. know, that's the other thing I really liked about this movie is you know I always thought it's dumb that they built the Death Star with the weakness and an X wing could come and blow it up. But here they made it to where Jin's father did that secretly. He actually designed. So they actually fixed it. Disney, yeah. Disney was kind of like, uh, well, 
why would the Empire just build something and say, you know, I, I kind of want this destroyed, so uh-huh. why don't we make, like, a little hole that an X-Wing missile can fit in exactly, and then we can see if they will destroy it. But Disney was like, well, maybe one of the engineers could betray the Empire mm-hmm. and make some kind of weakness. Also thought Made it was funny that the file was called Stardust, mm-hmm. what he calls. Yep, that's how she knew. Yeah. Like I'd call if I was hiding a, if I was hiding a imperial file, I would call it mind dragon. You would call it bear stuff. Bear stuff. <laughs> so let's talk about Darth Vader, because the only thing I told you about this movie was that you need to prepare for a lot of people to die. Because I wasn't sure how you'd handle that, and also Darth Vader kicks more butt than you've ever seen Darth Vader kick. Mm-hmm. I think. I made the fatal mistake of building it up too much in your mind because you told me you were disappointed in the Darth Vader action. Yeah, I thought he would actually, like, get on the battlefield and just start killing a bunch of people. I didn't think he'd go into the ship and actually Mm -hmm. kill people. It was super cool, though. It was. Yeah. Uh, Anything else we want to talk about Rogue One? I thought that was a pretty good Star Wars movie. Yeah, Disney did well on their movie. So let's talk about the worst Star Wars thing we've ever seen. We sat down on Christmas Eve, and we got our Christmas beverages and our Christmas cookies, and we said that we were going to watch the Star Wars Christmas special. We thought we were going into something funny, hilarious, that wasn't... Bad enough that you, your eyes started hurting, you started crying and regretting why you were even watching this movie. <laughs> tell us about some of the things. So, tell us about some of the things we saw in the Star Wars that, that, that make no sense. Let's just break it down. Like, okay. what is the big, like, and it's things like, um, you, I went in knowing that this movie was going to be terrible. This this holiday special is going to be terrible. It's famous for its terribility. But I I still wasn't prepared for just how stupid and how inexplicable and insane it was. Let's yeah. break it down. What what's the biggest problem do you think with this this thing? Wookiees talking without translation. You've got like fifteen minutes of Wookiees screwing around in their apartment, and they're just speak. They're like, oh, and you gotta you gotta watch a guy build a radio and a, a Wookiee cook. Like that's the most stupidest idea I have ever seen. Yeah, like you watch Chewbacca's wife cook some kind of bantha stew. Why would you want to see that? It, it's like a ten minute long thing where they got. I think his name is Tim Conway. You got this guy, um, no, that's not who it is. I can't remember the guy. He's 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 in all the uh, Mel Brooks comedies. But anyway, you got this guy who's he's dressed up like a space woman, and he, he's it's supposed to be funny, the instructions he's given, but it's not. It's just fake cooking instructions for a fake food, and I'm watching this Wookiee follow along and watch on the cooking channel as she makes this stuff. It's And it's it goes on forever. I know, and the robot part, when he was watching the robot build the radio, it made no sense. He kept falling asleep and stuff and falling apart, and I had no idea what was yeah, going on. Yeah, he started glitching. And yeah, like, they need to put some, like... He screwed his mouth in at some point? Yeah, at least they if they don't want to have common sense in this this Star Wars special, they have to have explain what's going on here. And the same, and also, it's two hours long. Like, mm-hmm. I dreaded this movie. I knew. 
And the, what's hilarious is the commercials are so dated. It's all about, like, I mean, I feel bad because God knows how much these, like, all these local unions, like, seems, like seamstress unions and automotive worker unions and stuff that we know in 1978, like, you know, years later got decimated, um, are all doing these, like, you know, hey, only buy American-made good stuff. And it's, like, so bizarre to watch it now because they spent millions and millions of dollars advertising this terrible show, and their advertisements are terrible. Like, the garment workers, they had this, like, two-minute-long song about making underwear. And I'm like, I kind of want to buy Chinese underwear just to make them stop singing about the, the American underwear. Yeah, that was... might be controversial. I'm just saying you can't judge me until you go back and watch the the the, the holiday special to see yeah. how bad it is. And don't like the. And then there was another racist commercial where it was like they were like, I don't know if it was like German or Spanish, but they were like telling German or Spanish people that their households were horrible. No, I think they were that... taking shots at Japanese cars. Yeah, but yeah, that... you you were right to pick up the undertones. And that USA cars were better, and they had be- better mileage, and that Japanese you, well, were Keep like, in mind, this is the late 70s, so all this stuff is essentially, at this point, blatant lies. I know! Like, but, everyone makes a good car nowadays, but... I know, but at the moment, it's just like, is this a family TV show? Is this like... Propaganda. S- some kind of messed up PG-13 show? Because everything gets so, like wrong like the more late it is Mm -hmm. the more stuff gets like really inappropriate so like Mm -hmm. if you're watching a live tv show it's like nine o'clock but it's three hours long nine o'clock it's kids ten o'clock it's kind of some bad parts eleven o'clock it starts getting ridiculous and twelve o'clock it's just like you don't know what can happen can you believe if you like so think about it because I felt like, you know, for most of these union type the commercials, I felt bad because I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm watching propaganda of a, of a person who lost a war. And they've all lost their jobs and it's all terrible. But imagine if you're an eight-year-old little boy in 1978 and Star Wars is your favorite thing ever. And you hear there's going to be a Christmas special on Star Wars. And you sit down with all your friends and your brothers and sisters and you start the and, – and you have no idea what to expect. You're not you're – your dad's not like, this is supposed to be the worst thing ever made. And you sit and you watch this? What would you think? Yeah. And there's this... only one Star Wars movie back then. It's not like you have all this Star Wars that's good. It's like, oh, my God, what's happening? Yeah, like this can ruin childhood. <laughs> it's horrible. What – so we haven't talked about the worst parts. There's at one point where Chewbacca's grand, Chewbacca's father, I think, maybe it's his father-in-law. His name's Itchy, okay, and he's his belly is bald because I guess that's male Wookiee pattern baldness. He's missing all of his teeth, and this slight sleazy sales guy comes in with a gift, which is this brainwasher chair. That he plugs him in, and then he has what can only be described as an erotic experience with this woman singer that lasts like 10 minutes. She keeps singing about this one moment in time that's never going to end, and we're like, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. He's rewinding, like, I think you're beautiful and gorgeous, and it's like, he starts like... 
doing this in front of like all of his family like could he do it in a private spot because when you say do it i gotta explain to the podcast audience when you say doing this you're you're wiggling around in a very suggestive way he's like shaking around and like smiling (laughs) and opening his mouth yeah like he's in a dream and he's talking to himself and it's just like so wrong and it's weird yeah and then then there's another moment where him and Lumpy, which is Chewbacca's son, uh, plug in a, vi- a, a cassette tape into this thing, and they watch essentially crappy Cirque du Soleil for, I swear to God, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, I understand, like, you got to have, like, celebrities. Like, they had B. Arthur and a couple other people, uh, celebs. But, like, I don't understand. So w- after we've seen the whole thing, and we still got yet the back – there's still some stuff to bag on, but it seems like they had like a 30 minute decent plot of Han and Chewie trying to get back to Life Day, and his Chewbacca's wife trying to get a hold of Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and R two D two and try to find out where he's at and whether the Imperials are getting him. And they had that cool story about Boba Fett. The Boba Fett cartoon was okay, right? Oh yeah, it was it was uh, pretty cool. Um, and th- but then. Like, they decided, well, we want to make it two stinking hours long, and we kept on, like, they had these just ridiculous reasons to cut to these things that had nothing to do with Star Wars. Like, oh, Lumpy's going to have a sex fantasy about this singer, and oh, Lumpy and Itchy are going to watch this stupid circus thing for 15 minutes, and also we're going to... You know, tune into the spy camera of this smuggler so we can see him screwing around with the Imperial officer. And and you can also... And Lumpy's like, going to build a space radio to try to talk to his dad because dad's not coming to... Oh, by the way, they make they make Chewbacca out to be a pretty terrible father. Chewbacca's, ne- like, Chewbacca's never around. And also, yeah, like... He's off with Han Solo. He got no time for his family. Like, like, he might make it home for Life Day at the last minute. That's the best you can expect for Chewbacca. And, and Chewbacca doesn't hug his wife, but he uh, Hans picks up uh, Lumpy and he hugs his Chewbacca's wife. And 15 minutes later, Chewbacca's on vacation again, uh-huh. riding off with Han. Like, what? Like, Life Day lasts 15 minutes, and, like, I can't put up with you people anymore. See ya. So I want to talk about the funniest thing that happened because we were watching. So at one point, Jefferson that they made it seem like so they're trying to fool this imperial officer by explaining this communication system is in the latest entertainment system that this smuggler is here to set up. He's a friend of Han Solo, and he sits this imperial officer down to watch this videotape, and it's Jefferson Starship singing this crazy song. But the thing- me and Cecily did not prompt you. What did you say? Upon seeing the start of this video. So the microphone guy <laughs> Okay, so there was a shadowed out microphone. He's singing his silhouette. He's, he's there's a you could just see the silhouette of the guy singing. And the microphone like thing you hold on to was bigger than like the top. Uh-huh. And it just looked like a thingamajig. A thingamajig? Let's yeah. call it what it is. He was singing straight into a male penis. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what it looked like. And you said me and Cecily are like giving each other side eyes, wide <laughs> eyes. Because we, you know, sometimes we do adult humor jokes in our mind to each other. And, I just and started as laughing. we were doing that, you said, I know what that looks like. Because <laughs> it is. And it, I know. You, you put. You put Chirrut, the blind man, in front of that, and he can use the force to say, that's a male penis. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> what were they thinking, man? I don't know. Like when you, you finally could... seen him, he's like supposed to be singing into a lightsaber microphone. But when you see, you could have just the silhouette. Ma- you could have just made the microphone the same size, but you had to make it this little curvy, tiny little thing, just a tad bit smaller than the foot of it. And, like, I understand, like, if you're filming that, you're like, oh, well, we didn't know it was going to look like a penis when we were filming it. Yeah. But they just, like, they oh, we need, to, we need a re- Yeah, it's like, let's, uh, you know what? Yeah, sure, it looks like a dick, but let's just leave it in. Yeah. <sighs> what else was crazy about that? Uh, oh, how about the Imperial officers deciding to, like, at some point get down to Lumpy go- and make him go clean his room? And then... The mom smiling and the like, like the grand moth of Kashiak's got nothing better to do than to go and make sure Lumpy cleans his room. And then the imperial officer is like, that should keep him busy for a while. And the mom's like so happy, like yeah, it's like some kind of weird in for the joke. It's like some kind of weird sitcom moment. Like you know, the 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 whole story behind the Wookies is the empires enslaved them all. Yeah, it's so it's like it's like the Wookie song of the South, man. I know. Um, what else so we can we oh how about the time where Lumpy has his argument with his mom about taking out the trash and decides to go walk on the edge of his house which is this giant railing that like and you then know he never takes out the trash there's like 200 it's like 200 stories tall and I'm thinking like oh my god they're going to set up some kind of like jeopardy where he's in trouble he's going to fall but they just like they cut away to commercial and then the next time you see him he's watching crappy circus performers with his grandpa like it never made sense none of this um there was no like there was no main idea of this movie it was just random yes stuff there was no main idea there was no plot it was just we're gonna bring you random things that you can see that's horrible like Enjoy. it cuts to, i still don't know like it cuts to tatooine and i don't think they even give us a real good reason and the Empire announces that Tatooine's under Imperial control now, and, and everyone then, has to go home. And they have a ten-minute-long sequence of B. Arthur singing. Everyone, you know, essentially, and it's here's the thing: they have like all the legit cool aliens from the Cantina sequence. Like it's all there and it's all real. And she's singing this stupid song about everyone having to go home. Like you have all this cool original Star Wars stuff and the best story you can tell is B. Arthur telling everyone in the bar to go home? Yeah, like, one more drink round, but goodbye, friend. Are you crying, friend? And it's like... I'm crying because you're killing Star Wars. It's so weird. Like, this ruins the alien stories. You cannot take this Star Wars story seriously. You're just like, this is ruined my Star Wars experience for the rest of my whole entire life. Yeah. Like, it's just stupid. <sighs> I'm trying to think of this. Oh, and then at the end, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, shows up and inexplicably sings yet another song. Like, that's not what I... How did they not know what we wanted from a Star Wars Christmas special? I know. And, like, at when the Wookiees start celebrating Life Day, suddenly they're all wearing red dresses. Like And they they're could... walking on the stars, and there's, like, some kind of, like... They're, they're all materialized in the spiritual form. I mean, like, the, some of that stuff, I, I guess it's cool, because, like, what is a Force-looking Christmas, but... Like, they could have they could have made something we would actually like, but they knew our weakness. They were like, I know how to make Star Wars the most horrible thing. Like, right. you thought Star Wars would never get old. Star Wars would never be horrible. But then you got the Star Wars, not even Star Wars-themed... Christmas special where you're like, oh, this is going to be so good. It's going to be all my favorite same mm-hmm. characters, 
but they're knockoff characters. They, it's random plot, and it, the quality and the graphics is so horrible. Well, for example, they had, like, the real Stormtrooper armor, and they had the real Wookiee costume. They could have did something so cool. But, like, they took some of the Imperials were wearing, like, the Death Star gunner helmets, but they were missing the lower piece. So it looked, I swear to God, like Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. These guys walking around with these giant chin straps that hid half their face. It is the... I, I mean, like I said, I was fully prepared for this to be terrible, but I still don't know how it still became was this shocked. Horrible. Still was shocked. Yeah. What do you think about my idea to make this a, a family tradition every year we watch the Star Wars Christmas special? Uh, well, Cecily went out of the room screaming, <laughs> so I think you already got the idea. What's funny is, like, at th- three different points, we all said, "Do you want to just fast forward through this part?" And we had made. We had made this deal. It's like, nope, we all have to suffer through this together. And, and like, me and Cecily holded that grudge, and you were like, do you just want to skip forward this commercial? And I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad we we suffered. It was a real bonding experience. And I then felt I, closer to all, yeah, of you, all of you people. And then I started to, like, at the end of the movie on the Life Day thing, uh-huh. I was just like, can we skip forward to the end? And then I was like, no, 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 never mind. Yep, yep. We got. We were committed to the hurting. We are committed know. to the hurting. Uh, try to think what else. Oh, um, so this is not related to Star Wars. This is the father-son Star Wars special. But uh, we also yesterday saw, uh, during Christmas Day, we saw Moana. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Because I thought Moana was the best animated film I've seen in a long time. And I, I'm not, there's been, like, I like Kubo to two, uh, the Two Strings a lot. But Moana seemed like it had a better connection and it was just so beautiful, where Kubo to Two Strings was kind of, like, all dark and it was animated. But this, like, I mean, this Moana is surprisingly beautiful. Oh, no. It's, like, you, first of all, the Hawaiian Islands are just beautiful. So if you got to set someplace somewhere, that's a good place to set it. Because I, sw- I swear to God, son, I've, I've been to Hawaii. The water is that blue and, and crazy pretty. And the trees and the mountains and... The volcanoes, it's it's just crazy, crazy beautiful. And they captured that um, and accentuated that in this this Disney-Pixar collaboration. And I just, like, from the beginning where they have Moana, you know, wading out into the water as a baby, like, I just couldn't believe how how beautiful everything looked and how great the characters looked. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, and like, awesome the songs were. Like, I finally fa- I finally heard something from Lin-Manuel Miranda that I actually liked because he did Hamilton, which everyone's going crazy over, and I just, maybe I need to see it. But hearing the soundtrack several times, I don't, I don't get it. But he here, all the songs were fun and they're catchy. Like, I've been finding myself singing that You're Welcome tons of times. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, da 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 da. You're welcome. It's they're it's the most catchiest songs. I mean, there's other catchy songs, but the, these are some of the most top dog. I thought Maui was cool. Like he's designed, like he, he's built like a refrigerator, but he still is like fast and strong. And that one scene where he's like remembering how to transform again, and he transforms like a, a that that giant eagle, and then he like transforms back himself to slice the top of a mountain off. And it instantly transfers back into the bird. So cool. And the movie, like, the the movie kind of encourages you to kind of say, hey, fat or skinny, it doesn't really matter. You can still run. You can still jump. Yeah. 
And it also you could like be a big guy or a big girl and still still be awesome. Yeah, and it showed Moana like she beat Maui at some of the things he was trying to do. Uh-huh. He saved Maui one or two times and uh-huh. he beat Maui up to the mountain to right. uh that crab thing. Right. And you know, that's the other thing is like I like the message of like there's a lot of this of you got like I thought a lot of Disney films have said like like the you know um have given the message of like parents are stupid and they just don't know anything and this th- I thought this was really balanced that it's like you should listen to what your parents have to say because they're older and wiser but, but then you know who you are but at the end you've got a voice inside you that tells you what's right or wrong and that's ultimately and and the people that love you can change you and and guide you but ultimately you have to decide who you are and what you want to be which I think is great and also the story of Maui um, is a story of a guy who's trying to do something for the right reason. Like he steals the heart of uh, Tafiti to give the powers of creation to mankind, but he ends up wrecking the environment. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that like there's a little bit of that. Like even even if you do something with the best intentions, it can still go wrong, and it's on you to fix that that problem that you created. Yeah, there's so many like so many great messages in this film, and and. Again, I just can't overstate how beautiful it is and how, like, the way they work the volcano god turning – or the 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 earth god turning into a volcano god and turning back and the design of the volcano god, like, how, like, it would it would be lava and the, the fire was – or its, its thick black smoke was its hair and – you know, it would like get it. It's 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 lava would crust over and then burst forth again. It's just so cool, mm-hmm, and yeah. it neatly, you know, it's like that's a very cool way to visualize how because that's how the Hawaiian Islands. You know, in the movie, the Maui says he 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 hooks them and brings them up from the ocean, but in reality, they're volcanoes that spew lava and grow, and then then birds and seeds and. Plants colonize them, and they turn into beautiful, lush islands. It's... Well, I think here it's different because I think here it's supposed to be the volcanoes didn't help any. It's the the person who held the heart made all of the islands and the flowers mm-hmm. and, and the fruit. But, yeah, I like Moana dearly. But is there uh, anything else you like? about Moana? Yeah, the sailing. Because, you know, your dad's big into sailing and I thought the emphasis on sailing and, and especially the, the primitive sailing and the reminder that, like... I knew you, you know, were going to say the, that. The Polynesians did... I mean, it's amazing how they sail, of course, in the Pacific and how the vast expanses that they, they search for to colonize these islands on these these ships. It's It's amazing. And where they showed the flashbacks of like you know when she realized that they're descendants of voyagers and the big the Hawaiian or the I don't know it's probably the proto Hawaiian king was sailing with his people and their big fleets. I thought that stuff was super super cool and like that one move where Maui like jumped on the stern of his boat and did like a one eighty to get away from the volcano god. Pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Pretty sick. I liked it. Well, it wasn't that. It was where those little coconut pirates remember. Yeah, that's what it was. They split in the two. Also, oh man, I forgot about the coconut pirates. They were adorable, but also menacing. Yeah, and then it was like they're adorable, and then they just took out these markers and drew like eye (laughs) frowny faces on them. Yeah, and then they drew like little claws. And and it's like, oh, they're it's on these guys. Like, yeah, they're adorable, but they will wreck your stuff. I know, and they. 
And it, it must took a lot of them to make that giant boat because, oh, I mean, yeah. it can turn into two giant boats and then, you know, it's like they have a bunch of drums on it that mm-hmm. they can deploy and it's just, it's a, I think the Coconut Pirates were you haven't like seen my it, second but it's, favorite. It's very Mad Max. That scene was very, and I think I read somewhere that they did a, that as an homage to Mad Max, A Fury Road. Cause like that big, the big drums and like the like it's like a it's a war vessel, but it's also kind of a party vessel. <laughs> that stuff was all. And then, like I liked, uh, I liked shine the 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 villain, the crab, the shiny crab, his shiny song. Yeah, I think that was kind of scary at the end when those like spark, those like neon turned, eyes. Yeah, when he turned and, off the lights and he had the like the day glow stuff. But I think it was like when it got close up and personal, and those neon eyes were flashing and stuff. Yeah. I think that was pretty scary. Oh, and that's right. Moana did end up figuring out how to beat that guy because she painted the rock to glow green, and that and fooled look. him long enough for them to get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Moana was great. I just i i I love that movie a lot. I think it's my it's. I can't think of um. I think can't think of a movie that made me happier watching it. Uh. In recent in recent memory, well, I guess we're getting to the end of our podcast. Uh, before we leave, everybody, Merry Christmas! Yep, Merry Christmas! Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Happy New Year! Happy New Hope Year! Hope everyone got what they wanted. Yep, and we got lots of uh, will be lots lots of stuff in the new year. I tell you what, man, I have so I don't know if you noticed, but I got I got a little little weepy watching Star Wars with you because it makes me so happy that you like Star Wars as much yeah. as I do. And I had so much fun watching uh, the holiday special with you and Cecily. And I cannot wait. There is so much cool stuff that I'm just waiting for you to be age-appropriate to watch. Oh, man. I can't wait. Yeah. And maybe we'll do podcasts on them all. Do a father-son podcast series for the next 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, um. We got to go, go home go back to playing, don't we? Nah, I was gonna play here and kind of like you guys. Oh, you want the new, you want to get tear into the new computer? You don't guys you? have premium games I don't even have, <laughs> and it plays like a beast. Yep. So. All right. Well, maybe we'll do some of that. Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for indulging us in another father son podcast. Yep, we were father really son here. stars. Well, we we'll probably be doing this every December. Yep. We uh, we love you all. All right. See you later, guys. Bye bye. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you? You're welcome. What? No, no, no. I, I didn't. I wasn't. Why would I ever say <laughs> okay, that? I, okay. mean... <laughs> I see what's happening, yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes, let's begin. Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in. I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod. When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky? When you were waddling, yay, hi, this guy. When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? <laughs> Look at him, yo. Oh, also I last so the sun. You're welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun.